Well, welcome, Liv. Thank you so much for joining us on our Sensibility Podcast. Now, I just want to quickly introduce you. You're a money coach and so am I, but you actually introduced me to money coaching and um, facilitated the course that I did. Uh, So you were the perfect person to bring into the show to talk about what money coaching is um, and its impact and how important it is for people to really improve their relationship with money, not just from a financial planning point of view, from the mindset, more sort of holistic, spiritual point of view, an energetic point of view, a wellness point of view. It's quite um, incredible, this kind of work. So first of all, before we begin, I want you to just share a bit about your journey, um, how you discovered money coaching and a bit about your career because you were a financial advisor and you've taken that leap. So if you can just share a bit about that and also explain what this money coaching is all about. Sure. Thanks, Amy. I'm really pleased to be here and I'm loving this opportunity to chat to you. So a little bit about me. Um, I started in the finance world in 99 and um, studied full-time, worked full-time, got all my qualifications to become an advisor, um, really loved the technical aspect of financial advice, the strategies and supporting people to set up the systems and the processes to make sure that they are on their wealth accumulation path. Um, and I did that for a number of years, you know, almost 20 years. But all along the way, I always had this sort of inclination or this feeling that there was something missing in this journey. There was something I was helping people to a level, but there was still an aspect that I wasn't quite supporting them with that I knew was really important, but I didn't quite know what that was. And in 2012, actually, I started to study yoga on the side. So I I had my own financial planning practice, but I was getting a little bit frustrated or I just felt like there was something missing. So I started to study yoga just as a personal development fun kind of hobby and I had no real intention of becoming a yoga teacher I just loved I knew I loved yoga and I just started to say well how can I do more yoga in my life so I studied and got my qualifications in yoga and that kind of sparked something in me that went a lot of the stuff that you tell people on the yoga mat you actually tell people in your meetings with them when you're talking about finance which was a little bit of an odd combination but it made a lot of sense because Money is a leading cause of stress and for most people. And then on this aspect, when I'm practicing yoga and teaching yoga, I'm teaching people how to manage stress, yet money is the leading cause of stress. So I could kind of see this synergy happening and it got me thinking a little bit more around there's got to be more to this whole money thing than just the numbers and the strategies and the technical aspect. I think there's something else going on. And as I sort of started to go down that journey, I started to explore well-being and I studied wellness coaching. So I became a qualified wellness coach. And then I looked at the psychology aspect of things. And I've always been a bit of a neuroscience nerd. I I love it. I should have been a neuroscientist. And if I'd had my time again, that's what I would study. Um, And I started to explore a little bit more around how the brain works and how we make decisions and habits and behaviors. And got into the more behavioural psychology aspect of of everything we do, really, but also of money. And I started to explore what courses were available around this behavioural psychology aspect in relation to money specifically. And I noticed that there was nothing really available here in Australia, but there seemed to be a few things over and offered in the US. So I started to look a bit more globally and say, well, where can I learn? I love to learn. I'm always studying. Um, And I studied NLP and coaching techniques, and that was great. But 
I still wanted something that was tangible with with money. So I found the uh, Money Coaching Institute in the US and began my journey to become a certified money coach like you are, Amy. And as I started to study it, I went, this is it. This is what I've been looking for. This is where I know I can make a real difference in people's lives. And so as I kind of got my qualifications and started to work more and more with clients and, and implement some of the things that I was learning, I was starting to see real transformations in behaviors and beliefs and and just outcomes with money. People were having these big breakthroughs that I was just like, this is this is what I've been missing this whole time. Um, and then the inspiration was to get more advisors, more coaches doing this work because I do love it and I do see how transformational it can be. So we started to bring it to Australia and and it's all over the world. There's coaches all over the world in this in this field, but it's definitely been a journey and it wasn't something that I thought I would ever be doing, but it's definitely my passion and I've definitely found my purpose for sure. Mm, fantastic. Um, now, I've with, with the course, we go through the actual process we put our clients through and it can be, you know, quite uh, an eye-opener and quite a journey emotionally, mentally. Um, and you've touched, base, uh, touched a little bit on the neuroscience of it um, that's something I'm also fascinated with. I did similar thing was I started a few years ago investigating um, the, the brain a bit and want, wondering, well, there is this thing we have um, behavioural economics. It touched on stuff. It t- talks about how people, behavioural economics is all about how people make decisions on risk and their attitudes to their money, but it didn't get deep. This work does get deep. So can you just explain some of the things you've mentioned, neuroscience, but um, where this transformation occurs and how it occurs. So if you put us through a little bit of that process that you put, you take your clients through in the money coaching process. It's a great question and you're so right. It is very different from behavioural economics. Um, It's looking more at the psychology of our relationship with money. So we all have a relationship with this tool this energy called money and because we weren't taught any formal framework on or life skills on how to manage money growing up what happens is as we uh, grow up in our environment we're just recording all of this information we're getting messages we're, we're experiencing things we're hearing things we're seeing things and that's coming from our parents it's coming from society it's coming intergenerational it's coming from everywhere and we're just recording it all and we're not filtering out what is good or bad. We're just taking it all in and creating our programming around money. And as we get into our adulthood and even later on, it's that childhood patterning that is actually influencing our adult behaviours and reality with money. And because almost 90 to 95% of what we do with money is on a subconscious basis, so it's habitual or it's created as it's almost like that neural pathway has become so ingrained we don't even know what we're doing. It's just part of what we do. The work that we do is about bringing the subconscious patterning up to the surface, creating awareness around what's going on under the surface so we can say, is this supporting us or is this limiting us? And if it's limiting us, how do we actually shift that to be more empowering? How do we shift it to actually get the results that we're seeking and to, to be able to achieve our goals and to have the success, however we define that in our lives? So it's a process of making the unconscious conscious and it's a process of what I like to kind of think is deep exploration, it's like digging deep to see what are our thoughts, what are our emotions, what are our beliefs, 
what are our habits with money and can we change those to something that actually serves us and the, and the journey that we're on at this mm. time it's um interesting that the journey does the subconscious is built at a very young age and i remember having a chat with i think i was presenting and it just came to me as like imagine you basically are allowing a child in the driver's seat to manage your finances. You're in your 40s, but you've never actually programmed yourself from that childhood to now to manage your finances the way you should. Um, a lot of people go, they're sort of on this treadmill. You know, they they work, they pay their bills, they've got money in their superannuation, they want this sort of life, but they've also got all these other noises and everything and they react. And often it's the reaction to how they behave from those reactions that catch us out um and that's sort of what I was saying with the whole we've got our we've got our child in the driver's seat of the adult body making our financial decisions sometimes that makes sense seven or eight-year-old driving our financial decisions as adults and I I look back at who I was when I was seven or eight and I definitely don't want them running my business or making financial decisions or running my household finances because a child brain or a child's reaction is always emotional it's based purely on emotion. There's not a lot of logic happening at that stage. And for a lot of us, our relationship with money is very emotional because when we think about it, a feeling comes up to the surface. That feeling then stimulates some thoughts and then that's, those thoughts stimulate some actions. So we kind of are feeling a bit down, for example. We might be feeling a, bit, a little bit down. We've had a hard day and we're not feeling great about ourselves, that kind of stimulates all of these thoughts around, oh, I just feel frustrated or I'm I'm bored or I'm I'm not good enough, whatever those beliefs come up to the surface. And then we go and use money to kind of soothe that or to make ourselves feel better. So we can actually see that there's a huge pattern between our thoughts, our feelings and our actions. And if we can start to bring some awareness or consciousness to those three levels, we start to have more control over what actually happens in our day-to-day finance. Absolutely. Um, I want to actually ask how, um, because I I know, but for our audience, is how do we uncover some of these behaviours? So how do we know what our child, like because, you know, our child is, inner child is thinking. So the subconscious, our subconscious is built from, I think, the ages of two through to about 12 years old, all the influences that come into our lives from those periods. So we're sponges at that time. And we carry that on for the rest of our lives. So how do you, with the money coaching process, unlock this? Good question. Um, You know, and because it's subconscious, it's deep. We've had it for a lifetime. It's a lifetime of patterning. And we want it, it's the truth for us. So it's buried quite deep. So we need to work through a number of exercises to bring it up to the surface. And one of the best ways to do it is to kind of look really curiously at the story. So we recreate the story of your relationship with money. All of the experiences you have, both positive and challenging with money, over your lifetime. And we're looking for themes. We're looking for patterns. We're looking for language. We're looking for emotion. And as a coach, we're, we're just being really curious to pick out what can we see here. It's like almost I've always loved patterns and problem solving and seeing how things connect and So for me, it's always almost like playing detective and going, what can I see? What's going on underneath the surface here? And I start putting all of these themes kind of in categories. And then we start drawing parallels and seeing how that's relating to what's happening in day-to-day life today. It's a fascinating process. It's sort of a three- to four-step journey just to get that awareness. But 
I kind of liken it to if we're in the picture, if, if I'm in the picture and it's my picture and my picture happens to be all of my life events, my stories, who I am, my personality, my upbringing, the good, the bad, the ugly, if I'm in the picture, quite often I can't see it because I'm so thick in it, it's all around me. But if I step out and zoom out for a moment and look at the picture as a whole, I can start to see it in so much more clarity and in a different way that I would otherwise be able to see it. So our role as coaches is to kind of help zoom out and then hold a mirror and say, how does this reflect? How does this feel? And with that clarity becomes a lot of awareness. Absolutely, yeah, it, it does. The awareness, I remember that we did an intensive weekend, if you recall, and um, it took me, oh, I think about two or three weeks just to really download, digest and um, take on what I uncovered about myself, you know. And uh, the job then is to continue that work. Once you know, you can't unknow it, but it's very easy to fall into the patterns because that's where our subconscious is. It's like it's a pattern that's in us and we've got to remind ourselves. So one of the tools you got, you know, we use is the um, use of archetypes to, so we can actually put a name to a behaviour and, a, you know, a, a characteristic of that. Um, and that's something I'm, I'm always, I've got the imaginary characters that pop up. And right now we're in COVID-19, perfect time, that it, they're going to rear their ugly heads and their beautiful heads at this time. So, you know, I'm dealing with my victim and my martyr because I've got all the children here and I've got the baby and I'm trying to work and I'm trying to, you know, I was studying and I've, I've actually deferred deferred that because you know you can only do so much um so part of that process is bringing the archetypes to light do you mind explaining why we use archetypes or what they are what archetypes are and what they're about absolutely I think the use of archetypes in the work that we do is so important because as you said, they give a voice to the behaviours. So archetypes are not our personality. I think there's quite a bit of confusion sometimes and we think it's our personality. It's not. It's our core way of showing up, our, how we respond and how we react and our behaviours with money. And it just so happens that there's eight archetypes. And these archetypes are loosely based on the work of Carl Jung and they're essentially saying in any one situation, we could show up in eight different ways. Um, how we choose to show up is, is consciously, we can, we can choose to show up, but most of us have subconscious or habitual ways of showing up, which has been shaped from that patterning that we spoke about earlier. So we don't actually know we're showing up in that way, but we just do because it's habit. And as you mentioned before, it could be the innocent archetype that's popping up, the one that goes, oh, I just can't deal with it. I'm not going to look at it. I don't want to even know. Someone else can look after it. I'm just going to cross my fingers and hope it all works out. And I'm seeing a lot of that in, in this current situation is the fear-based, the ones in us that are a little bit scared or apprehensive. That archetype comes up to play quite often because it can be easier to bury our heads in the sand than it can be to face reality. And any challenging situation or any challenging time, we've got two choices. We can often go, oh, no, I don't want to look at it. Or we can go, no, I'm going to take action and it's going to take one step forward, which is obviously our warrior archetype, which is a more positive archetype. So when we look at these archetypes, as a coach, we're exploring what what is our patterning? What are our core archetypes? And this is just our natural tendencies. And then when we create the awareness and we give a name to that archetype, we can then say, oh, this is me being an innocent again. 
okay, what would a warrior do instead of how I would usually react? How would I respond if I were a warrior and I was more strategic and planning and goal-based? And so we start to just see that we have at any time more control over how we respond. So we have two choices. We can react to a situation or we can respond with more awareness and intention and consciousness. So money coaching is about bringing that awareness, intention and consciousness to what is normally a very reactive process. Mm. And, and well, I see mostly, I mean, COVID-19 and the current market, the financial crisis that it has created is a perfect example on a global scale of reaction. It's most money behaviours are created by us and our emotions and reacting. Um, so with that said, and uh, when we don't react and we actually have strategic, you know, strategy and goals and a process that we can follow and make some logical decisions that will probably deliver far better outcomes to our finances, you get breakthroughs. So what kind of, have you got any good examples um, without, you know, naming names, just sort of give some stories if you have on a, a great breakthrough that you've had as a money coach and seeing someone go from one type of behaviour or um, dealing with their, their struggles to completely coming out the other side and just going from strength to strength. Yeah, I see it in every single person will face some level of transformation. And both you and I know this because we've both been through the process mm-hmm. ourselves. And it can be really small, what we perceive to be small, or it could be gigantic. It would be this gigantic leap from here I was here to here I am today. Um, it's an individual journey. And I think it's something, as we mentioned before, it's so it's how you show up will be dependent on you and what outcomes and transformations you get is, is going to be dependent on where you are in your journey. And just to give you some context, I've actually been through the process twice and I've done that sort of two years apart. And both times the who I have been to who I've become in that journey has been huge. And I now the first time I did it, I'm like, right, I'm sorted, I've done my money stuff. And then I realized, oh no, I've still got a whole nother layer to go. So I think it's a lifelong process. But if I come back to uh, one of my clients who was a very emotive spender, so very emotional spender, um, spending probably, I would say, very much a shopaholic and had the means and the resources to do it. It wasn't that they couldn't afford to do it. It was more that she was starting to feel like, this behaviour has way more control over me than I have over control over it. So we started the process and we got deep in, digging deep dive into what's, what's driving the emotions, what's driving the actual desire to, to purchase all of these things. And what's really fascinating is there's always a deeper level. There's always something that's coming up. And for most of us, that something is to do with self-worth, um, self-belief, uh, whether we belong or whether we feel we have the power, whether we're good enough. So when we actually get to the root cause of what's going on, it's amazing what can shift. So not only do you get more, she got more kind of control over why she was spending money and and the ability to stop spending money as much as she was, but she also grew in this whole level of self-confidence, which actually saw her leave her job, start a side job that took off and just be this completely more empowered woman. And it was just such a a short space of time, you know, three months. And I I was said to her, 
from the woman that you came in who knew nothing about finances, who was completely out of control with their spending and, and working in an amazing job, earning amazing money, but feeling very dissatisfied, which is also driving the spending. <laughs> we got to this point where she was so clear around, this is what I wanted to do with my life. I have the confidence to do it. And money's not going to be the reason that holds me back from that. Because I think a lot of us use money as the excuse to stop us or prevent us from living the life we really want to live. Absolutely. Um, and that's also one of the exercises we go through in the pro- in the process is to reignite our passions, rem- remind ourselves of the things that we love to do. And, um, you know, uh, when you start looking at one of the exercises, actually, where can you slot that back into your life? And is it something that we could even potentially make money out of? Because a lot of people have all these talents, hidden talents that they're not even using that could actually add to their wealth creation, which is um, something I, I hadn't even thought of when I started the money coaching process. I didn't even think about that. And um, with me, I haven't, you know, really used for money purposes my talents, but I certainly started to go, I enjoy this. And when you're doing things that you love, the world opens up for you in different ways. It's sort of like the joy is saying to the universe, I'm, I'm ready for gifts. Come and come and give it to me. So that was also the part, beautiful part of the journey is um, the openness sort of opens you right up to accepting uh, not only some of the, the facts that you, you behaviours are leading you to do certain things, um, it may be lack of self-worth is causing you to uh, want to shop or to go out and spend money and buy shout people for dinners or drinks, whatever the case is, because I've come across that one as well. Um, uh, but when you actually go, I'm enjoying, I love painting or I love singing or I love to cook, you start bringing that in, that joy sort of takes away the need for the other unnecessary fulfilment that we're finding in yeah. our lives. So, we're, we're, you know, all of a sudden it opens up a whole new um, uh whole new world, I should say, for lack of better wording. Um, now, there is, a, I was just thinking in terms of, I mean, I've, I'm speaking of my own journey and you've brought up yours. What's been the biggest lesson for you in your journey, if you don't mind, if you don't want to share yours, maybe something you've seen from another, from a client that you've worked with? I'm always happy to share my journey. I think, um, we can only teach from a place of awareness ourselves. So what I love about this process is because we've gone through the journey, we experience it. Um, There's this perception that money experts or people who work in the finance industry don't have their own money stuff. We have every single human being has their money stuff going on underneath the surface. And just because we know better doesn't mean that we always do better. So I feel like I learned a lot because, you know, a 20-year career in finance, I knew all of the things I should be doing and could be doing and I was very good at supporting other people and telling them what they should be doing. But in terms of applying it to myself and having the self-worth to go, I deserve to do all of these things for me also, was a big lesson for me. It was a big lesson to say, it's great for you to be supporting everyone else. And this was the martyr archetype coming up big time for me. Now, I'm supporting everyone I'm working in a giving role in a role that helps and supports and nurtures other people yet where was I nurturing myself I was giving away my time I was giving away my energy I was giving away you know I was undercharging I was 
I was doing all of these things that were not self-supported to me and my future self. So it was almost like this big mirror standing right back at going, well, you know, you're not in alignment with what you are doing for everyone else or yourself and your future self is not going to be super happy with you, Lee, because you're too busy supporting everyone else and not yourself. So it was a really big wake-up call to say, pay attention and see what's going on here. And it wasn't conscious. It was not conscious. It was just subconsciously driven from a place of I want to help and a little bit of lack of self-worth. And and so as soon as you can start to build on that, everything starts to shift. Absolutely. Oh, I can totally relate to that. That's a good point that you said. Um, a lot of people would assume that those in finance have their financials in order. Um, when I did this work, uh, that was one thing that the mirror came right up at me, <laughs> almost slapped me in the face, is that I wasn't being true. I felt... Um, I wasn't being true to myself because we're here practising, we're we're teaching everybody and practising the whole financial planning uh, model, but are we practising what we preach? And there was a lot that I had done in my life in in terms of my personal finances, but then what I was doing, the typical martyr, like it within my business, absolutely, there's a lot of stuff that I give away and I still do and I'm constantly catching myself with that. And I'm actually, I've got my husband now to hold me accountable to my pricing. And I, when I look at my business plan and I review my business plan every year, I go through the pricing model because I can't trust myself with that. I know that I undervalue because I just want everyone. Everyone deserves advice. Everybody deserves this. But I'm giving myself away and I'm falling short. I'm not actually going to earn, I'm not going to go on my own wealth journey, am I? So that was, that's, that was one big lesson from that. The other one that I got was how I fall into the values of someone else into a, in a relationship. So the martyr really opens themselves up to just sort of almost lay down and go, all right, just take over. That, I'll just do everything for you. And what it, I, I, we always become the robot, you know. I'll just do it all um, and I'm just going to follow that way because it's just easier and it makes everyone else happy. Um, but inside, I'm frustrated, and I remember going up to my husband after I did some. Because I often go back to my my workbook, and when I'm trying to work out why I'm frustrated with myself, or you know, you you start feeling it. You know, when you've done the work, and I'm going up to him, and I go, I know what the problem is. I'm not living to my true values. I, you know, I'm not practicing what I preach to the the full level. I know what I know, but I'm not living it fully. And that's been my, my biggest challenge in this whole journey. You're not alone. Like that's been something that's been for me, but you know, I, I coach a lot of money coaches and advisors um, and I see the same thing. It, it's very common theme and the concept of living in alignment with our values, that is, is the framework that I, I pretty much coach and teach because if we are living in alignment with someone else's values, then it causes temporary satisfaction because we're pleasing them, we're pleasing ourselves, everything's all good on the surface. But deep down, we're out of alignment with what is truly valuable to us, what we truly need to have a thriving, happy life. And eventually the resentment builds and then our self-sabotaging 
habits and behaviors come whether that's self-sabotaging relationships or overspending or, or drinking or whatever it is we start to act out because we're feeling dissatisfied so I always come back to the clearer we get on our values and then the clearer we are we almost need to be so focused so crystal clear on what are our values and then we look at our life we look at our resources we look at ourselves our energy, our time, our money, and say, how can I use those in alignment to create a life that's in alignment with those values, a life that lives those values? And that seems quite simple, but it's a process that most of us don't ever look at or take the time to do or encourage to do. And that's what money coaching is all about. And it's funny because people say, but isn't it money coaching? I'm like, well, money is, there's no such thing as money coaching. It's, it's kind of a life thing. Because money is the energy that rolls through and weaves through all of our lives. It's the constant that's from day one to day end. It's going to be there. And it's the tool that helps us facilitate and create a life and provides the security and foundation for us to build a life that we truly value. And the clearer we can get on that, I think the clearer that we actually realise we have more control than we realise most often. Yeah. that, that that statement was just fascinating. So I'm just digesting exactly what you said. That's amazing. But that's so true. Um, a lot of money, that's the one thing, that, coming back to financial planning, and I don't want to disregard that because, I, you know, I am an advisor and I, I believe we all need a kind of a roadmap, and that is the whole process of financial plan. But the one key aspect there is that money is just the energy of, you know, is, is energy and it causes all all sorts of emotions. So regardless of whether you've got that roadmap or not, um, that whole um, awareness is actually what's going to drive us to make sure we stick to the roadmap. And the the point that you just raised there on values, I think that's a big a big missing link. I know that there are value advice and goal advice uh, advisors, um, and I've actually read one of my you know, a friend colleague. Uh, Kate McCullen, she's just written a book called The Joy of Money and she does bring in the point of of knowing, you know, being aligned with your values because it does make uh, a big impact. But that really just is scratching the surface. This work is far deeper than that. This work will actually allow someone to, if they take um, their life goals and they know exactly what they want from A to B, and they've done this work, they will get to that B position and beyond. Um, so with that said, I guess my next question would be, uh, have you seen some, like I guess from a financial scale, uh, like you gave the example of your client that had the spending issue and whatnot. No doubt she pulled that in. What was the transition, if not from her but another client that has moved from just mismanaging their finances to moving into such a direction that they've probably even gone beyond their expectation? Have you got an example of that? So It's a a process. It's definitely a process. I think a lot of us want a magic wand and say, you know, I've got awareness now. Great. Let's just fix everything and make sure that it's, but as you mentioned before, these are habits, these are deep grain and habits in a lifetime of behaviors that we're trying to shift. And that's why coaching is so important because it's not a one-off session where you go, okay, now you've got it. See you later. Good luck. 
um, it requires a change in behaviour and habit change is hard. We all know how hard it is to change habits with our eating or with our exercise or with our sleeping patterns or our relationships. So finance is no different. And habit change with finance is not an easy process, but we can create systems and tools um, and reminders and we can work with our natural tendencies to support us and make it easier for us. So the way that we work with coaching is we create reminders, we, we create um, a routine, we create different little ways that we can support ourselves to slowly, step-by-step, step, change our behaviours from point A to point B. And over time, as we get more momentum and we get some wins on the board, we get more traction. It's like that snowball effect. And then suddenly it's a lot quicker to change habits. But initially it can take some time. It can take, if it's changing spending habits or if it's changing savings habits or if it's changing the way that manage our finances and show up in a relationship with money. It's definitely we've got to learn to walk before we can run. And the innocent archetype, um, the one that doesn't really want to pay attention to their finances, even just starting to look at your bank account, starting to open mail, starting to have money conversations, starting to get curious and maybe pick up a, a book about money, like all of those are little steps that we can take, but then they can snowball into seeking out financial advice and actually asking questions and in, in a conversation about money. So it's kind of these chunks of things that we can do that lead us into a more empowered state over time. Mm, fantastic. Um, my Another quick question is, have you got any tools or exercises that you could share, just something quick and easy that um, can bring us to more of a awareness? So something that you work with us in a client with a yeah, client so let's, see, um, let's do something now together okay. um, yeah, sure it's a, just a very simple thing so just put your feet flat on the ground get really comfortable just close your eyes just relax your shoulders hands are on your knees and just start to just relax a little bit and just notice the breath as it flows in and out of your body there's no need to change it or fix it or lengthen it, just notice it. Notice how beautifully, easily it flows in and out. And as we bring our awareness to our breath, we're just allowing ourselves to slow down. We're getting out of our heads, we're dropping into our bodies. We're just allowing this breath to just flow in and out and stop some of that noise that happens all the time in our busy days and our busy lives. So on your next breath, I'd like you just to take a slightly deeper breath in through the nose and see if you can count that breath in to the count of three. And when you're ready to exhale, see if you can lengthen that exhale also to the count of three. And inhaling to the count of three. And exhaling to the count of three. So just continuing to breathe in this nice, slow state. I'm going to ask you a question about your relationship with money. And as you listen to me asking this question, I want you to finish this question, and it might be a sentence or it might just be a word that pops up for you. Just see what comes up with curiosity as you continue just to breathe in a really relaxed and calm state. The question is, what I need most from money right now is? So just noticing what I need most from money right now is. 
just when you've got your mental note of what might be coming up for you, I want you just to put that to the side and then we're going to ask another question. What money needs right now from me is what money needs most from me right now is, that's probably a better way to ask it, what money needs most from me right now is. So when you've got your questions and your answers, just coming back to the space, just opening your eyes and just coming back in. And the reason we do that, the reason we do that is in that calmer state, we're getting more into the emotional body, more into what's going on underneath the surface in the subconscious, not up here, this conscious mind, but in here. So curiously, were the two answers the same for you, no. Amy? No. 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 And quite often what comes up for us, and you might be happy to share or you you might not be, but what comes up for us is usually exactly what we need in this moment. It's like, here it is. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Sorry. No, keep going. Mine, I'll I'll share, Um, because right now we're in a very uncertain time, and I think most of us have that. I'm often driven by fear when it comes to my finances. Um, It's just something that has happened since childhood, really. Um, And I know that's because of my parents and their involvement. So uh, the first thing that came to mind just then was a security because I'm looking at investments going and um, I'm looking at at also my husband's work sort of unstable. Um, And also I think there's a lot of noise from my clients as well about their security. And um, there's a sense of responsibility there in regards to that. So that was the first thing that came, you know, your first question. The answer was for me to to pay attention. Mm. Yeah, and paying attention does create security. You know, the more control we have over our finances, the less it controls us. When we have complete no control, it controls our decisions, it controls our life, it controls our stress. (laughs) So I'm a big one for if we're seeking security, we need to start paying attention. We need to also start looking for you know, our finances love to be paid attention to, whether we want to or not. And That's sort of, right. Yeah. And, and it's a beautiful, simple exercise to check in sometimes because often we have the answers within us. It's just that there's so much noise going on around us. We don't actually have time to, we're not paying attention. So we can't mm-hmm. hear it. And it's going, all I need is some security and all I need you to do is pay me some attention. Yet we're going, oh, there must be something else going on. <laughs> Yet it's always within us. And that's actually the the term was pay me attention. It was like money is, as we said earlier, an energy. So treat it that way, you know. it's If we've got this sort of appreciation, and that's one of my exercises is always um, to improve my relationship with my money is I have the, you know, I constantly practice this gratitude exercise and that was what we learned in our coaching courses. When I'm spending money, when I'm paying a bill and, you know, or whether it's, you know, with, with where we are, it's high rent and it's like, oh, I shouldn't be frustrated by this. I'm absolutely grateful because I have this amazing house in an amazing suburb with fantastic neighbours, beautiful gardens, a secure roof over my head. It's not falling in on me. There's no roof leaking. It's just beautiful. It's actually where I wanted. I, I found this house on the internet nearly two years before we moved in and went, I would love to live in that house. And then here we are living here. So when I'm 
paying the rent for this house. We don't have a mortgage for this property. I'm grateful. So that's one one of the exercises is being really grateful. Just instantly changes my mindset and um, makes me really appreciate where I'm at. And when I receive money, obviously, there's joy too of receiving, being grateful for receiving, but also grateful for spending and not having this resentment for spending because that really can freeze things up. And I, I love that. I think that bringing the consciousness or the awareness to how we're interacting with money as it flows in and out of our lives, how we're showing up, like what we're saying to ourselves and what energy we're putting towards it. You know, if it's full of resentment, every time you get a bill, it comes through and you're like, oh, another electricity bill, and you're kind of paying it with this level of resentment versus, wow, I'm so lucky to have this electricity, which allows me to you know, enjoy all of the electronics around me and, and put lights on and just live at aircon and, you know, live this great life that I'm, I'm pleased and grateful for. There's such a different energetic connection to that. And we are in a relationship with money and we're going to have that relationship for the rest of our lives. And if our relationship isn't working right now, just like any other relationship we have, we need to pay it some attention. We need to show it some love. We need to give it respect. We need to be there for it. We can't just expect money to show up for us if we're too busy not paying attention, it's not going to stick around and it's not going to want to be there in this relationship with us because we're not a great partner for it. So it seems like a strange analogy, but I think when we personally it, we actually can see our behaviours and our attitudes towards it and go, oh, no wonder I don't have enough money or no wonder it's never around when I need it because I'm not being a great partner for it. I love that. I've always seen it as a relationship. I've always seen it as energy, but I like this partnership because that is exactly what it is. And if it sort of all sort of stops, you've got to question why. You know, when people go out of your life, why? What have I done? What am I doing wrong here? Um, and how can I fix it? And that's where the money coaching is just so beautiful because it really does switch on a different way of thinking and has a, it does improve our relationship. And I always say it's a, about improving your relationship with money, but I think you've just nailed it. It is a partnership because it is, it is a partnership, and it's it's the tool that's going to create the life that we want to live, and that's a partnership. We show up and we say, "This is the life we need." That tool to create that life, so we have to actually respect it and use it in ways that will facilitate that, rather than just going, "This is my vision. I'm not going to pay attention to you, or usually, or respect you," but. I still want you to show up for me. It's such a different way of looking at it. Yeah. Well, I am um, so inspired. I, I'm, I'm going to be working with you in the future and um, I'm very excited about that um, as basically putting it out there into the world, to the universe, that I'm um, going to get you co- to coach me and I think it's important. Uh, I know in the finance industry we're encouraged to have a financial advisor even though we're advisors and I'm, you know, really seeing the need in my own life and the journey as a money coach to also get that um, coaching assistance. So I look forward to working with you. And I'm also thinking just this conversation, I really feel we're just scratching the surface because there's so much to what this work does. Um, so hopefully I can get you back and we can maybe talk about certain behaviours, certain characteristics, and then break them down um, because there are there are so many things and so many facets to this work it's it's fabulous and fascinating and if anyone's interested I hope they share um they continue to follow um and also follow you so where would we be able to find you Leah? 
best place for me is I, I tend to just hang out on Instagram. That seems to be my place. It's just my name um, as my tag, so that can be down below. I'm also on Facebook, but I, I'm always up for a chat. So if you just want to reach out to me on my website, I'm always happy to have a little chat with you and see where you're at as well. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, it was very insightful. And as I said, I think I've got to have you back because there's so much more we could be talking about. But I think that today we've got a really nice concept of what money coaching is all about and some great, and thank you for bringing um, that little exercise in. That's a great one and I'm going to be doing that more often. And I look forward to seeing you again soon. Thanks, Amy, for having me. It's been my pleasure and I look forward to more conversations in the future. Absolutely. That's definitely going to happen.